Welcome back, everybody, to the Back Row Eagle Show. <clears throat> a warm welcome, maybe in a different welcome. I don't even know what to say. The draft is over. If you've been listening to the show, first of all, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Without you, I wouldn't be here, obviously. Um, or I would be. I would just be talking to myself in uh, my studio. Regardless, uh, it did not go the way I wanted it to. <clears throat> thought we had a shot at CeeDee Lamb, and we did until we didn't. Um, turns out that the Eagles did try to trade up to 16, one spot ahead of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that didn't work out. Atlanta had their eyes set on somebody. Um, somehow Dan Quinn still has a job. I don't know what to tell you, everybody. I'm not a general manager. I'm not a head coach. I'm just some jackass doing a podcast. But it really didn't go the way I wanted it to. That being said, <clears throat> I like their picks. Today we're going to be going over rounds one through three. I like their picks a lot. Two of them out of the three. Rounds five, four through seven, I'm sorry, we're going to get to next week. Um, we're going to have a guest both today and next week. So, like I said, rounds one, two, three. I wasn't exactly thrilled with round two. Round one, great. It's going to work out good, I think. Round three, love it. Versatility. Plays all over the field. Rounds four through seven, going to be good stuff. I'm also going to do a show and talk about some undrafted rookie free agents. Um, that'll be in about two weeks or so. That being said, um, interesting time in the NFL right now. The virtual draft went off without much of a hitch, I don't think, except for Bill O'Brien having some technical problems. But I think Bill O'Brien is a technical problem. I think he's a douchebag. Um, I have no respect for him as not only a head coach, but as a human being after the way he said he was all in on Penn State and then he bounced. Um, Bill O'Brien, I wish you nothing but extreme misfortune, unless it comes in the result of physical harm. Then no, but uh, I don't want you to have any luck in your professional career. So Sorry, but I'm sure a lot of Texans fans feel the same way. Uh, I can almost relate. It was kind of like when we traded Shady McCoy to the Buffalo Bills for a broken-down linebacker and a pick. Yeah, thanks. Th thanks a lot, pal. You traded our all-time leading rusher for nothing. I would have taken a package of Buffalo wings from Buffalo over Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso made exactly one play as an eagle. He um, intercepted a pass where he was falling backwards against the Falcons on opening day. So I remember when that happened, you know, me and my brother-in-law watching the game together. And he said, hey, you know, we might have something here with this Kiko Alonso guy. He then went on to have one of the most mediocre seasons of Eagles linebackerdom that I've ever seen, short of Takeo spikes. Um, so you know what? Just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the draft is over. The only team that I could say had a worse draft than the Eagles, just because of that one pick. I, I shouldn't really say that the Eagles had a bad draft. They had a good draft, actually. Some guys that have the potential to be starters, I'm not going to say that they're going to be all pros. I'm not going to say they're going to be Hall of Famers. I'm not going to say that they're going to be the reasons that we win another Super Bowl trophy. But th these are guys that have a chance to be a solid contributor on this team. Apparently, we're also building some sort of factory. I don't know if we'll get to that. I, I can't really say that we lost the draft, but there is a team that really, really just baffled me, and that's the Green Bay Packers. So definitely go look at their draft. I don't understand what they did, why they did it. Some of their <laughs> first two picks were borderline comical. Um, so yeah, but I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kick it over. I had a good friend of mine and a fellow podcaster, Shane Manila on, he does the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. He's a good friend of mine, great guy, um, native Philadelphian. So I'll tell you what, Shane, let's kick it over to you. Him and I are going to talk about our first three rounds of the 2020 NFL draft. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. 
waiting for them. You know what you gotta do. Do it. How you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? They gonna get it to us. We got to take it. They won't black out. We gonna get one black out. So today we're here with Shane Manila from the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. Shane, I'm sorry I gave out your last name. I know you're not a fan of that. Um, I hope I hope that doesn't irritate you here. Um, but we're here with Shane, just Shane. Um, so he's on one of my favorite podcasts. Um, they also have a Patreon account. So if you are not on their Patreon, according to Shane, you do not exist. So make make sure you check out their pod. Um, check out check out their Patreon. They're doing a lot of great stuff over there. So Shane, one before we get started. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would like to, uh, how you became an Eagles fan and how long you've been an Eagles fan? Well, you know, I do it the correct way. I was born in Philadelphia, um, never left. I don't even think I left the city's, uh, the city line until I was like uh, 18 or 19. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, well, maybe not that old, but, you know, um, typical Philly guy, you know, treat the Jersey Shore like it was our suburbs. Um loved the Eagles my whole life. I mean, my dad wasn't a sports fan, but luckily my grandfather was. So, you know, we'd watch football together in the old days when, uh, I think it was on CBS when Madden and Pat Summerall were there. Mm, and those, that was good commentary back then, man. Look, you know, what's funny is people trash, uh, Booger McFarlane all the time. He says the same exact things that Madden used to say. Um, if you yeah, Madden a, did say some dumb stuff. He, he'd say things like, oh, well, if you don't get nine, 10 yards on third and nine, you're going to have to punt. And you're like, well, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could never root for another team. Um, even in the playoffs, I don't, if the Eagles are knocked out, I don't root for other teams. I root for teams to lose. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know. Uh, and the It's worst, ingrained. Yep. Yeah, the worst experience of my life was when uh, – well, a football life was when the Patriots played the Giants in the Super Bowl and mm. root for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I do a fantasy football podcast, Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, I write, I'm a contributor at Fantasy Pros. Uh, I used to be an owner of the Dynasty Football Factory. Um, actually, just stepped away from that a few months back. Still a great site. Used to write for them. But. Yeah, man, I'm all things fantasy. I love writing and I love podcasting and uh, I love the Dynasty Rewind as well. Well, thank you. We love to hear that. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you listen to this and not the other podcast I do, I am the host of the Dynasty Rewind. Um, so go check that out, but also check out Dynasty Trades HQ. That's pretty much that's the only two podcasts you need to listen to for fantasy football. Also, should make that three throughout the Back Row Fantasies show. Um, Jeremy Barker started this channel and without that, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So Shane, one quick question for you. It's week 17. Okay. The only way the Eagles can get into the playoffs is the Cowboys have to win. Are you cheering for the Cowboys? Are you cheering? What's that? That case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
My answer to that is no. I would rather we not get into the playoffs and get a better draft pick than I than ever cheering for the Cowboys. <laughs> so, I, yeah, uh, I understand that, but you know, if the Eagles make it in, at least they could always beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. So this is true. Uh, also, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel uh, if Lane Johnson played against the Seahawks, Carson Wentz doesn't get that concussion, and we could have probably won that game. Well, yeah, and if Javadian Clowney was uh, thrown out of the game like he should have been. And uh, Seattle was forced to play with t- 10 defenders like they do in soccer. Um, I also think they would have won that game. Good point. Uh, although credit to Josh McCown for gutting through it, though. Yeah, he played um, on a torn ass. Um, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I, I will say that it was impressive. Yeah, yeah torn butt. Um, if he would have played a little better, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Well, so today we're going to be going over rounds one through three of the NFL draft. As far as what the Eagles did, we'll, we'll sprinkle in some of what our division rivals did as well. Would you like to start with round one or should we get right to the juicy stuff, Shane? You are the guest, so I'm going to let you decide. I say we work backwards from round three. Um, that okay. way, you know, like we have a, a slow build, uh, an explosion, and then good things. Okay. I actually like the way you think. So let's go ahead and start with round three. Uh, They drafted Davion Taylor, linebacker from Colorado, 6'2", 225 pounds. So Shane, I'm not sure. I didn't know anything about Davion Taylor before the draft. Um, Apparently he only played a game and a half in high school. Uh, And I found out why. Uh, Due to religious beliefs that banned participating in sporting events from Friday night to Sunday morning. However, he was allowed to play after he turned 18 and his mother granted him permission. He attended community college before transferring to Colorado. So not a lot of football experience, but he did play basketball, ran track. So he is an athletic guy. Um, Did you get a chance to watch any film on Davion Taylor? Because I did and I was impressed. A little bit. He's really fast. Um, Oh, yeah. Really rangy. He fits what, you know, the Eagles clearly set out to do in this draft, um, minus one draft pick that, you know, we'll talk about later. Um, That's going to be the meat of the show right there. (laughs) You know, they want us, they want speed. Um, I guess they looked at their roster and said, you know, we were incredibly slow last year. So they wanted a linebacker that, you know, he's going to be on special teams one, um, which is vitally important. We know that we've had some big wins because of special teams in the Eagles history. And then we've had some losses in the playoffs to the saints because of special teams. Hmm. Um, Yes, that is true as well. Unfortunately. Yeah. And no, he hasn't played a lot of football. He seems very instinctive though. He seems to understand the game. Um, He's a good cover linebacker. You can get side to side. Um, I'm excited by him. Like you said, he, he only played one and a half games in high school because his mother's a seventh day Adventist and they weren't allowed to play football from or do anything, I think, from Friday is, to Sunday. Is that what the seventh day sec does? I really don't know. Yeah, I didn't know either other than like I've learned from him because um, otherwise I, I have no reason to care. Um, <laughs> Good point. But, you know, it's it's cool to see the Eagles finally address the linebacker position early. Um, there was some talk that they could have gone Murray in the first round. Eh, I didn't see it because that's not an Eagles move. But in the third round, um, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Everyone seems this seems to be the less um, controversial pick of the Eagles first three picks. Um, no one had any problems with this one. You know, looking on CBN, CBS NFL, they gave it an A. I looked around some other places where it was graded. I hadn't seen anything lower than a B. 
Um, so he profiles really well, and I think he's going to be a good addition to that defense. I think so, too. He kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Nate Gary in the sense that he's extremely versatile. I was, if you watch um, his film versus Oregon or Oregon, however you want to say it, um, he lined up at safety a lot, but kind of like um, kind of like the Malcolm Jenkins role where he was down in the box covering a wide receiver one-on-one, which I thought was pretty impressive for a guy who's an outside linebacker. Um, but the speed, man, that the speed is huge. Again, in the Oregon game, twice, twice, one of a defender would usually let a running back just go because they're 10 yards away. This dude chased them down. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't, I couldn't find his 40 time or maybe I didn't look good enough. I don't know, but it's, it doesn't um, matter. No, yeah. He actually ran a 4.49, which is okay, plenty fast okay. enough for slot receivers. Yeah. Especially when you consider the fact that a lot of running backs in the NFL when, when you're a linebacker, obviously you're going to be tasked with taking care of running backs a lot. They're running four fives, four sixes. So he's got the speed, but I think you're – I agree with you, Shane, though. I think he's going to start out on special teams. He's going to have a shot here to to get a starting role, I would think, at some point. You think so? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, you don't – you know, you don't draft guys in the third round of the draft that you don't think are going to be starters, just like you don't do it in the second round. But, yeah, you don't do that in the third round. That's that's a definitely a guy that they think is going to be a starter at some point, but more of a situational guy, I think, his first year or so, um, especially with the yeah. off season. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where um, – I don't know how complex Jim Schwartz's defense is. I really wish, though, that they, he would stop the wide nine and would blitz more because when that happens, I think they play a lot better. Um, but what do I know? I'm just some idiot with the podcast. One other thing I will say about Davion Taylor, I like his tackling. Did you notice um, that he really wraps guys up well? He doesn't go for the big hit. You, you know, he's he's not yeah. trying to be splashy, but he wraps them up. So he actually does something really well, too, that um, – did you ever play football when you were younger, Shane, yeah. by chance? Not, okay. not, not professional. Um. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you did, I'm assuming you wouldn't be on this podcast with me. No. Um, I, I played when I was in seventh and eighth grade, and they taught us how to do something called the alligator tackle. Because, um, you know, an alligator or crocodile, when they kill their food, they spin it. Yeah. So this guy does it really well. If you have an offensive player that's breaking away from you, Get your arms around him and twist yourself, you know, kind of do a barrel roll when you're falling down. Because if you're just falling, they could shake that off. But if you're twisting and wrapping their legs up, they can't run. And this guy really excels at that, especially behind the line of scrimmage. Yes, he does. Um, and look, I mean, everybody loves the big hit, but I much prefer you actually tackle the guy. Because there's too many times watching games, you see somebody just get absolutely looks like he's plastered and then he just keeps going. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the big hits are nice. The big hits are great for a highlight reel. But at the end of the day, what you want is a guy that's going to help you put a Lombardi trophy up. Exactly. And, you know, that I think this guy, I'm not going to say that he's our our pivotal guy that's going to put us over the hump again. Because um, I would like to remind everybody that we did win the Super Bowl February 4th, 2018. Just as a reminder, that did happen. Um, but he's definitely going to be helpful. The versatility is great. Um Shane, you saw the article, that, or maybe you didn't, I don't know, that they're trying to build like a hybrid defense with guys that they can move everywhere. You see that? No, I didn't. But I mean, you kind of know that with, you know, just watching how they used Malcolm Jenkins for the last few years. And um, oh, crap, I'm already I'm blanking out on the, the linebacker that they used in a similar fashion. 
they want their safeties and linebackers to not be completely interchangeable, but almost interchangeable. You know, how they would bring Malcolm down into the box and he'd play a linebacker role or they'd bring him in and let him cover a wide receiver um, out of the slot. And the Eagles value that. And it's, it's, it's something that's really good for the defense when you don't have to have specialized players, you know, just puts you at an advantage when you can leave one safety in there that can be a linebacker slash safety. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple more defensive questions for you before we move on. What are your thoughts on them letting Malcolm Jenkins walk or was it dumb or do they know something we don't? Here's the thing. And I loved Malcolm Jenkins and as an Eagles fan, I don't know anyone that didn't. Um, as a human being even, um, but more importantly for us as, as a, you know, football fan, he was great. He was great, but he's what, 32. And I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to be paid as one of the top five safeties in the league. You know, this is the Eagles. I think have learned their lesson. Look, we can't do this. We, we just can't. Um, we're going to have to spend money somewhere else. We're going to have to save money and reallocate or resources. And we think we can get, you know, his replacement in the draft, or we'll take a shot with Jalen Mills moving back there and uh, Will Parks, you know. Um, I'm okay with it. I, you know, they, they they should be okay at safety. It's going to be tough next year when we see a play that we knew Malcolm could make because um, he was just so good that, you know, there's not many plays that he missed. But at 32, you, you kind of have to do that. You can't pay a 32-year-old as a top five uh, player in the league, um, at least not at that position. If you're talking about an offensive lineman, okay, they play a lot longer. Tight end, okay, you know, a lot of those right. guys can play till 35. Quarterback, fine. But I don't think you can do it at the safety position. It's few and far between where you see a 36-year-old safety running around out there making plays. Yeah, Rod Woodson – is retired now. He was kind of the last, or was it Charles Woodson? It was a Woodson for the Raiders. Yeah. All of them. Um, they did address, and you could touch on this if you want. So with their fourth round pick, they did take, uh, where's he at? Kavon Wallace out of Clemson. Yeah. Um, so Clemson safety seemed to work out pretty well in Philadelphia last time I checked. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't do a lot of research in the defensive players. Um, you know, I know the first two, three round guys, maybe usually first guys that'll go in the first two rounds, just reading up on Kavon Wallace. Debo loves him. Um, before the draft, you know, he went out of his way to say that someone's going to get a steal on this guy. Um, that he's, you know, he's cerebral, he's fast, another really fast guy. He's a guy that can play that Malcolm Jenkins role. So, I mean, they, they really lucked out getting this kid, it sounds like. Um, so I'm excited by him. And yeah, I mean, that's another one where you look at the grades on that. Everywhere you look, the Eagles got an A on it, on that particular pick. Um, yeah. I don't know if he'll start day one, because, you know, it's hard for rookies to adjust to the NFL and a shortened off season. But I wouldn't be shocked if he starts day one. He seems like he's a really smart kid. He's really fast. Um, Going to be a really good player. Debo Samuel has a – Debo Samuel, not Debo Samuel, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Debo, uh, the head coach of Clemson, um, you know, he's had a lot of great players come through that system on offense and defense. And, oh, yeah. you know, he doesn't tout every player like he did for this guy. And he went out of his way to say how good of a player this guy is. Yeah, it gives me hope. Um, I get why they did the Jalen Mills thing, and I don't, yeah. I don't hate it at all. Um, hey, look, Jalen Mills served a good purpose for this team for a long time. You know what I mean? As a seventh-round draft pick, 
I know I know he bites on the double move. He should be good um, as a safety. Should be, in theory. You would think, yeah, because he's probably going to see a lot less double moves, which is a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, you know, a guy like Sean McVay is going to find out how to make a route that somebody double moves 30 years, yards downfield. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's easy to, to trash Jalen Mills, and I do it, I've do i done it myself a ton of times, you know, especially when he gets beat on back-to-back double moves. And you're like, dude, yeah. when are you going to learn? And it's every week. Um, but, yeah, for a seventh-round player – seventh round pick, he really outplayed his draft capital. Um, and, and, you know, as bad as the Eagles cornerbacks were last year, he was their best cornerback. And no, he's not, you know, a prototypical one. Like he's not good enough to be a one in the league, but as your second or third cornerback, he's not bad. And he does have the size for safety. He's got tremendous speed. Um, I do worry about his instincts. Like I said, he does bite on the double moves and stuff like that. So I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out at the safety position. But if it doesn't work out, it's a one-year contract. That's Um, true. And they also have the versatility that if Kavan can get in there and start, then guess what? Jalen Mills can always slide over to be your second cornerback um, opposite Darius Slay. And Darius Slay is going to follow whoever the best wide receiver is. So it, it's a it's another move where they look. They think the guy's got the versatility to do it, and if it doesn't work out, they can always move him back to cornerback. Well, one of the things I did see about the hybrid defense is dressing on game day is going to be more about matchups at this point than it's going to be about, um, you know, health or anything like that. Right. So, well, obviously, health has to factor into it as well. Um, but yeah, Jalen Mills for a year, five million. It's not bad. I think he does need to get just a tad more physical if you're going to play safety. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's more physical than I thought. It's You don't see a lot of physical cornerbacks either, so maybe that position change will help him out. Um, but I guess let's move from one Jalen to the next because Howie Roseman wants all the Jalens in Philadelphia. Round two, pick 53. Shane, I'm going to let you touch on this, man, because you and I are in the same wagon. And don't forget, you are allowed to curse on this show. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, Jalen Hurts, quarterback from Alabama and Oklahoma, 6'1", 222 pounds, the wasted 53rd pick in the NFL draft for the year 2020. Shane, I want your thoughts, and then I'll give everybody mine. Go for it, man. I lost my motherfucking mind. I was doing a live stream uh, on a podcast, Dynasty Dummies, and, you know, I'm so excited. Denzel Mims is still on the board. Um, you know, a guy that they probably would have reached on. Brian Edwards is on the board. They're going to go wide receiver. I mean, there's just no way they're not, right? Um, I thought so too. Right, because, you know, you went through the free agency period and you didn't sign any wide receivers. And I'm not saying Robbie Anderson is the greatest wide receiver in the league, but he's better. he was better than everyone that was on that roster last year. True. Um, Brashard Perryman, you know, he's had an up-and-down career, but for what you could have paid – Bring him in, you know, another deep threat, size, speed, um, just a, a weapon for Wentz. So, you know, I, I'm watching the draft and I'm so excited because I'm, I'm going to be able to, to crow about the Eagles pick live on this podcast. And I absolutely melt it down. And, you know, I put the video out. Um, they sent me the video of that minute and a half of my reaction to it. And you can see my soul leave my body. Um, you can see the confusion on my face as I try to process what just happened. Um, I'm thinking at first, maybe they, they drafted Jalen Hurd 
maybe it was an accident and they tried to draft a wide receiver from Baylor that's already in the league, <laughs> um, which I would have accepted over this pick. Um, I would have taken that too. I like Jalen Hurd actually. Yeah. Um, I just I, clueless, still clueless. Um, I, I, I've never said fuck so many times in my life. Um, uh, just mind numbing. Um, just makes no sense. You give a quarterback $128 million the year before, and then you draft someone that you hope will never start a game. Um, it, it makes no sense. It's an offensive line, defensive line. I'll never complain about those picks. You know, even if you don't quote unquote need them, you always need them. Yeah, you do. You always need depth. Even if it was a running back, say it was someone like, you know what, they wanted to get real fancy and go, you know what, we're going to get DeAndre Swift to pair him with Miles Sanders and good luck covering our two tight end, two uh, running back, one wide receiver sets, Um, you know, creative shit. Cool. I can get, I can get behind that something, you know, absolutely nearly any pick except for the one they did. I would have been okay with, I would have been okay with a kicker in that context. Um, it makes no sense. Um, it looks like they didn't even think it through because you listen to their responses as to why they drafted them. We're a quarterback factory. What the fuck oh, does that mean? You're not. A I, I hate program. that. You're yeah, not. A you are a pro program. Your mission is to win. You did nothing in free agency to help Carson Wentz. And then, you know, great. First round pick. That's fine. You need to double dip and load up on wide receivers. I know that you just spent a second on, you know, Jay Jaw last year. I don't care. You keep pouring money, capital, draft capital into that wide receiver position until you get it right when you have a 27 year old quarterback. And as an Eagles fan, you know, it just brings back Donovan McNabb. All the years. Yeah. All, but what I'm thinking of is every, all those years they had Donovan McNabb, who was the franchise oh, quarterback, and they gave him no wide receiver help. Exactly. He got it to him once, Terrell Owens, and they're like, here, that makes up for, you know, the decade that you were here, and we gave you Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, Charles Johnson, uh, and just other garbage. It just I, – I don't know. If you have any insights onto what the fuck they were thinking, I'd, I'd love to hear it. The only thing I could think of is Harry Roseman has a fantastic crack dealer because this was the most cracked-out pick I could th- – I was so excited. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm getting ready to come upstairs and start getting ready to do the Dynasty Rewind. My wife's like, hey, can I watch TV? I was like, yeah, the Eagles are on the clock. Just give me a second. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, watch the pick. And I'm like, oh, man, it's I'm like you, like, oh, man, maybe Mims or or something. I don't know. If they don't like anybody, they'll trade back and I'll go upstairs. And then I see Jalen Hurts on the phone. I was like, what? What the fuck's this guy doing on the phone? And then he dropped Jalen Hurts. And I, I flipped out. Uh, it's so lucky my daughter was a sleeper. I would have been screaming because it's it's very hard to control yourself when your your child's sleeping upstairs. But you know, then you read this stuff. My brother in law Vinny sent me an article about how they want to make a quote unquote super flex offense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then there's some people saying that they wanted to draft Jalen Hurts to keep him away from Dallas. I, I don't know. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Really, it's stupid. If you don't like what's there trade back. I understand the draft strategy of take best player available, but when you have, like you said, 27-year-old quarterback that you just gave a ton of money to, you don't even look at quarterback until the fifth round. You, you Okay, you want to do something like this? In the next round, the Raiders took Lynn Bowden Jr. 
Okay. Yeah. From Kentucky. They could have had him. I think Lynn Bowden was way overdrafted by the Raiders personally. Um, I think he's trash, but he gives you a similar skill set. You could have tried to trade for PJ Walker from mm-hmm. the Chiefs. You could have literally done anything. And now you did the one thing that Eagles fans are the most tired of. You created a fucking quarterback controversy, which is the last thing we need. Do do you want this again? We we just got done with the whole stupid Foles versus Wentz thing. Like this guy set a franchise record for passing yards with no wide receiver over 500 yards on the whole year. Alshon Jeffrey's still on the team. And you do this in the second round? What the? But I guess we should talk about some of Jalen Hurts' positive attributes. Why? Here's the thing. So best case scenario, he never starts for you, right? Worst case scenario, Wentz can't stay healthy. So if Wentz can't stay healthy over the next two years, does that mean they're going to then get out of his contract? Because they have an out after two years. They can they can release him, trade him after June 1st, and spread a $24 million cap hit over two years. That, that well, cap hit. Maybe, but this still isn't the guy I want. No. And I, well, I mean, okay, he, that's the other problem is, okay, if you're drafting a project quarterback, well, then you do that in the fourth or fifth round. I like Jalen Hurts. I think he improved tremendously last year. He Don't did. get me wrong, but he's not he's there a, yet. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. He's um, a gamer. I'll give him that. Like the dude, he's tough and he, he plays his heart out and he does whatever it takes for his team to win, but not in the second round. You know what I would have really liked, and I think I said it on here, I would have liked Anthony Gordon from Washington yeah. State in like the sixth round. Yes, yes. And he ended up going undrafted. So you could have just uh, – um, Yeah, that's what know, I'm saying. You mentioned the super flex thing, and I remember reading that article um, last year when Press Taylor was talking about you know the whole – multiple quarterbacks you know multiple quarterbacks on the field you don't know who's going to throw the ball and i remember thinking to myself like are these idiots going to play super flex fantasy football because that makes no fucking sense so what you're going to have two quarterbacks on the field they're not going to know who's going to get the snap or you're going to have a quarterback you know lined up 15 yards you know or on the next hash mark and wentz is going to throw it to him and then oh he might run it or throw it you're going to play 10 on 11 i I don't know yeah, here's the thing. You don't know who's going to throw it, but we know that they have no one to throw to. Yeah. So it doesn't really freaking matter. Yeah. I mean, it's it's terrible. It was a waste of a draft pick. The only thing I could say this, this is the only positivity that I'm going to take from this, okay? I never want people to get hurt that aren't wearing a Cowboys uniform. Somebody gets hurt in the league next year, and they're like, hey, we want Jalen Hurts. Boom, gone. Now, I will say this. There is one time I do want him to start. It's week 17 when we already have the division wrapped up. Yeah, That's the only time I'm okay with it. Yeah, You know what I mean? And, you know, just reading all this shit, and it's all conjuncture, um, but people saying things like, well, maybe he'll he'll give Wentz some snaps off. Like, what the fuck is that? This isn't basketball. Like, you don't don't do do management in the NFL. No. No, you You do that during the week in practice. Yeah. And Taysom Not during Hill. the game. Don't give me that Taysom Hill bullshit. Taysom Hill no. accounted for less than 500 total yards last year. And he's, I don't, I don't like the whole Taysom Hill thing anyway. I don't, I can't stand that guy. I don't no. know. No, this, I, this was bad. It just, it makes no sense. It just, I don't understand the logic. I just, I don't understand any of it. And it's, it's, uh, 
I don't know when I'm going to get over this. I got to be honest with you. I haven't felt this way about a draft pick since Kevin Cobb because it was the same mindset. Like, get Donovan McNabb some goddamn mother. I'm sorry. Get Donovan McNabb some freaking weapons. Stop trying to re- don't replace them. Get them better players. Yeah, I agree. And I will say this though, as far as that pick goes, McNabb was already in his 30s at least. Right. But this doesn't make any sense. I don't know. And there's been speculation before that Carson Wentz wasn't the greatest teammate, blah, blah, blah. But then for whatever reason, Alshon Jeffrey has a problem with Carson Wentz. When you signed here, you knew Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback. I'm, You know, the only person you hear that from is Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, allegedly, excuse me, because, you know, he hasn't admitted to it because he's a coward. True. Um, no one else says anything bad about Wentz. They tell you about how great of a guy he is, a leader, how he goes out of his way to to welcome new people to the team. You know, he'll take guys hunting with him. Um, and, and if the issue is you don't think Wentz is a good teammate, you know, as the Eagles, um, excuse me, as the Eagles front office, then you don't sign the guy to a $128 million contract. And if True. you think there's locker room friction and it's between your starting quarterback and a wide receiver – then you ship that wide receiver out of here and you don't yep. guarantee his contract last year um, for this year, which crushed them because now, you know, you're looking at something like a $20 million dead cap hit. If you try to move on from him, it's just it, Howie. Look, I think Howie, you know, and I, I somewhat in jest said, I'm going to stop being an Eagles fan until they fire him somewhat. <laughs> jest. Um, he makes some really good moves, but then he makes moves like that, that, you know, guaranteeing Alshon's contract for 2020 last year, drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. Sometimes he just makes moves that you go, you you think you're smarter than everyone else. That's the problem, Hallie. Sometimes it works, yeah. you know, like when it comes to the cap, I never worry about the cap. No, it, it doesn't even exist as far as I'm concerned as an Eagles fan. Um, getting additional draft picks, great. He, he turned one compensatory pick into like four picks yesterday. That's awesome. But then he does just major just the things he did with Hertz, and then guaranteeing the the Alshon contract, and it just you're like, why? Why do you do this to me, Howie? It's a shame too because I have all their picks in front of me. If you just take this pick out, let's say we didn't have a second round draft pick, I actually like the draft a lot. Yeah, a ton. I, the draft is freaking great, but this one thing. Is not good. I will say this on Wentz's behalf. He went out on Twitter and did the the right thing and welcomed him to the team and blah blah blah. But okay, what's worse, this or in the first round, the Packers trading up to get Jordan Love? This. Um, here's my thing with the Packers. Look, yes, they need wide receiver help, and you know I've said this before. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 35, 36 years old. Right? He'll play next year. Just thirty six years. Think- I think he's actually 37 going into the season, possibly. Okay. So, but, you know, the next time he's old, he's old, you know, he's at least Mm -hmm. half a decade or more older than Wentz. The Packers usually are going to be at worst a mediocre team. The the best draft pick they're ever going to end up with probably with Aaron Rodgers under under center is, you know, somewhere around 16, 17. You're never going to be able to get a franchise quarterback there. Um so, you know, Love is a guy that needs a lot of work, but um, he's going to have two years to to study under, well, not under Aaron Rodgers because he's not going to help him even a little bit. But he'll have two years that, you know, Matt LaFleur and the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator are going to get to work with him. And then, 
Rogers contract is, you know, it's pretty onerous, but they, again, they can get out of it in two years with a relatively moderate dead cap hit spread out over a few years. Um, so I understand that pick more because of his age and because yes, they can get out of that contract in a couple of years. And I don't know that they'd be in that situation again where they, they, they're all in, or at least they think they have a quarterback on the board that could someday replace him. I mean, their their draft was equally as baffling. Although I will say, at least the Eagles' first round pick was good. We'll get to that in a little bit. But then the in the second round, the Packers take AJ Dillon when they have some pretty good running backs there. They they got a guy that can't really knock anybody over for being six feet tall and and a pretty bulky guy. I don't understand it. I don't know what they're doing up there in Green Bay. I don't care if they get worse. To be honest with you. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's baffling. This whole draft, you know, and so Shane and I, we do a lot of research um, going into the draft with fantasy and stuff like that. And we talk about landing spots and all that good stuff. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you, Shane, but where I thought and what I thought was going to happen, obviously you have people not getting drafted here or there because you're taking offensive linemen, defensive linemen, secondary guys, whatever. But I mean, there's guys that went undrafted that just completely blew my mind. Um, well, here's the thing with the undrafted stuff. I like Thad Moss. Um, I, I didn't like him though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just more, I think anybody that had issues with, uh, medicals, um, we're going to come across that issue, especially the, not so much the guys at the top of the draft board, but towards, you know, the middle and the end because of the Rona, uh, limiting doctor's access and things like that to, to get clean medicals on guys. Um, he didn't go undrafted, but just thinking out loud, um, we're talking about guys, Anton, uh, Gandy Golden, um, would he go in the fourth round to Washington? I wish they um, yeah, I wish they would have taken him too. I like his game a lot, but he went fifth, sixth, fourth, I don't know, something like that, but he was a, he's a good steal for Washington. But then again, I always have faith that the Redskins are going to screw it up. So, although their draft was pretty decent, I think. Yeah, um, I guess the only guy that really surprised me that went on draft that really was Gordon, the quarterback. Um, yeah, I thought he'd get a shot somewhere to be a developmental guy. Yeah, because, I mean, you saw what Minshew did um, last year. Right. So, you know, he stepped in there, Gordon, and was better than Minshew. Um, and he's a guy that I thought, at least in the fifth, sixth round, someone would have taken a shot on him. Again, I thought the Eagles, that would have been a good spot for him, just like you said. Um, apparently, they didn't agree with us. Um, <laughs> they don't. No, they don't care. No, I don't think they do even a little bit. Now, I I just briefly looked at um, our undrafted guys, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, Shane, but we did pick up running back Michael Warren out of Cincinnati. And I like that a lot because, you know, although I will say this, Miles Sanders, in my opinion, gets a a reputation for not being a physical back, but I think he's a little more physical than people think. But Michael Warren – is a banger and um, he's better than Elijah Holyfield who we have on our roster right now. Michael Warren could catch out of the backfield. He could also run you over and he could wear defense down. I like that pickup as a UDFA right there. Yeah, no, that, that, that was a great um, five, nine. And what's he about two fifteen? Something like that. Yeah. He, he's pretty thick. Yeah. He's definitely a banger. Um, and to get, you know, they didn't address the running back position in the draft. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, I want saying I was fine with Sanders and Scott last year. Like Sanders, there's no reason he should see less than 20 touches a game. 
Agreed. Um, and I don't care how you spread that out. Um, five or six of those probably should, at least five or six of those should be receptions, to be honest with you, based off what we saw last year. Um, get him 14 to 15 rushing attempts a game. He's explosive enough that he's going to make those count. Um, and then you sprinkle in some Boston Scott, and now you have a, a banger. Um, I, I like that running back room, man. Um, that's a really good, a really good free uh, on UDFA. And they also signed um, Adrian Killians, um, which is interesting. He's a little guy. He's like 5'5", 167. Um, okay. Kind of in the Terry Cohen mold. Uh, so th- I don't know if he'll make the team, but – yeah, they, they definitely added some depth there on the running back side. I know they added a couple linemen as well as they're apt to do. And then another speed uh, wide receiver. Well, one of the things, too, I'm sure you saw that there was a lot of rumors about them trading Dillard. Did, did you see that by chance? Because I didn't I didn't agree with that at all. Like, I don't think that they would trade up in the first round to get rid of the guy a year later. That's scary because he was your first round pick last year um, to replace JT. And I didn't see what, how did he perform badly last year? They throw him in at right tackle, which isn't his natural position. Uh, Exactly. And that's not why you drafted him. Like you drafted him to be a left tackle. Now, if you throw him in at left tackle and he was awful, then I'd be like, oh, shit. Like, what are we going to do with this guy? It was his rookie year. And to think that they're already trying to move on from him is, I don't know. There's got to be more to that story. Um, and that, that concerns me a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be honest. I didn't buy into the narrative because I didn't, it, to me, it didn't come from any refute, you know, reputable sources. So I just kind of thought it was BS from the get go. Um, he performed well at left tackle and he said after his bad game at right tackle, he goes, Hey, just imagine writing with your left hand your entire life. And then you have to be right-handed for a day. Exactly. It's not as easy. And, And you know what? The fact is, does it sound like an excuse? Kind of, but I think of it more as honesty. And when he did play, I thought he played really well. I thought not re-signing Jason Peters was the right move and the best move for the team. Um, he's still unsigned too, so that tells you something right there. Um, so just interesting to see, you know, that little piece of information that Dillard was supposedly on the block. But he's he's not gone. Uh, that's a good thing. He's still here. Unfortunately, Alshon Jeffrey is still here. Um, I will no longer root for him. I mean, unless he does something good, then I'll cheer. Yeah, he'll get the cheers, but I don't like the guy, and I think he's no. he throws Wentz under the bus, and I don't think he's a good teammate. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, I'll, I'll root for him as long as yeah. he's on the team. I was kind of hoping, you know, obviously that they'd get rid of him this weekend, and I would have been happy with any draft compensation they could have gotten for him, to be quite frank. Well, I was hoping um, – I saw that the 49ers were looking to move picks 13 and 31. This was prior to the draft, so I thought – they're going to be short on wide receivers because I heard that the Cowboys were interested in Marquise Goodwin, who uh, we actually ended up getting. So there's some more speed right there for us. Shane, do you you told me what we got for him, I think, before the show. Do you remember off the top of your head? I don't remember. So they moved down 20, 20 picks in the, I believe it was the sixth round. Um, okay. These are the fifth, they're sixth. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have it up right, right at the second. But yeah, they gave up nothing to get him, which is fine if he can stay healthy and stay on the field that's that's good you got another deep threat you got someone out there that you know what once has a burner he's only really had the one good year it just so happens that was the only year that he's ever been healthy in his career um the guy was a track star um in college and i think he was on the united states olympic sprint team at one point um 
So, yeah, I mean, he's got speed for days. Um, so I do like that. You know, you look at some of the wide receivers they drafted later in the draft, too. Um, that seemed to be the theme is just getting speed guys. And you gave up relatively nothing for him. Like you, you just moved down in the draft in the same round. Um, so it's a low risk, high reward move. Um, he signed through next year. Um, I think he has a six, four, $6.4 million cap hit in 2021, but it's one of those, you know, vapor monies that they could definitely get out of. So if it works out great, um, if it doesn't, well, you, you really gave up nothing for him. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with the move, and like you said, it's not a huge cap hit. So if he doesn't work out, you're gone. It's that easy. Yeah. Um, I I will say it's better than the speed guy, the deep guy that they try to get in the past, like Mike Wallace, who just never worked out. Bryce Triggs. Um, I mean, we look oh. back at the type of types of players that they've given Carson Wentz, and uh, it's not been good, man. I mean, I know no. they tried last year. They did, you know, they they traded for they traded for Deshaun and signed him to an extension. So they they did try. They drafted J. John the second, but you know, look, like I said earlier, I don't care. You you need to keep throwing money into that that position. Um, you need to throw draft capital into that position until you get it right and you have the supporting cast that Wentz needs to to basically produce the way you know he can. Yeah, it, it's it's bad, but I, I still think J. John is going to be okay. I'm not going to say he's going to be like a super. He's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins, but I think he's going to be a solid receiver. He, I like the way he goes. He'll go up and get physical and get the ball. We didn't see a lot of it last year, but hey, I'll give him the rookie pass. If he's still doing it after this year, then you can get your Freddie Mitchell ass out of here. Um, yeah, he was, okay. he, was, he was terrible last year. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I wish there was some kind of explanation for it, like, oh, he held out. But no, he was healthy, relatively healthy all year, except, you know, he had some weird injury that nobody really talked about, but it didn't seem to prevent him from playing. Um, so, you know, we don't have a choice that they, they got, they have to hope he improves. And right. to be quite honest, if the choice is between him and Alshon on the field, when Alshon's eventually healthy again, um, and that's an air quotes, because remember he's coming back from a Liz Frank. Um, that usually that takes at least two years to heal. And, you know, that that's an injury that we should be familiar with because a few Eagles have had that injury. Um, True. And it, it, it can change you and you might not ever heal from it. But most people, it takes at least two years to heal. So I don't think yeah, there's a good chance we never see Alshon on the field again. And so, you know, given the choice, uh, even with a healthy Alshon, though, I'd rather see Jay Jaw out there um, because you, you did invest a second rounder on him. Look, we liked him coming out of college. We, we thought he was a good player. Everyone did. It's not like people thought it was a bad pick. So you got to give him another year and just hope that whatever went on with him, hopefully it's not a you know mental issue like it was with Aguilar where the guy just couldn't get right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And you just hope he improves. And think about this too. I'm not 100% sure how the cap stuff works. I'm not a cap guy. Howie could tell you. They could potentially put Alshon on the pup to start the year and then just IR him, in which case – I'm pretty sure you don't get your full salary, correct? Um, I, um, you get your full salary. The only way I could imagine you wouldn't get it if it was a non-football related injury. Okay. Because otherwise teams would do this to players all the time that they just didn't want. True. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Let, like you said, let's hope we never actually see Alshon Jeffrey in an Eagles uniform again, unless we're watching Super Bowl 52 highlights, in which case bring it on. Right. Um, 
But we do have one more guy to talk about tonight, and that is the other Jalen. Who's our first round pick? That was Jalen Rager, wide receiver from TCU. Not the biggest guy in the world. He's 5'11, 195 pounds. So I had said on this podcast before, Shane, you probably agree with me. I wanted CD Lamb. He was taken at 17 by the Cowboys. Apparently, we did try to trade up to 16 with Atlanta and get it, but they were set on their guy. Um, Atlanta doing Atlanta things. Somehow, Dan Quinn is still employed as a head coach. I don't get it. Um, But hey, you want speed? Look, a lot of people wanted Henry Ruggs. Shane, I'm not sure about your view on Henry Ruggs. You hands off? No. Look, Henry Ruggs wasn't the best wide receiver on his own team. Um, True. And I don't want to hear about, well... You know, he he was with Jerry Judy and uh, who else was there? Is it Thomas that was there and Waddle and whatnot? Yeah, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Jerry Judy found a way to produce. You know, um, true. Waddle relatively produced. If you're a good wide receiver, if you're the type of wide receiver that's getting drafted at twelfth overall or wherever the Raiders drafted him, you should be the alpha receiver. You shouldn't be a piece. You shouldn't be, a, you know, a wide receiver too on your own team, and that's at best what I think he profiles too. And yeah, I mean, he would have been an improvement on anything the Eagles have, but I think uh, Rager is a more complete receiver. Um, yeah, he he definitely is. He does have the speed, and he does have the lineage here. His father was defensive end Monte Rager, who did play for the Eagles. Yeah, so, I read that, that he finished his career with the Eagles too. His last that is year. True. Um, and Rager, yeah, like you said, he's got speed for days. He ran a disappointing 4.47 at the Combine. That's because he put on weight. He was trying to bulk right. up for the Combine. Um, he ran a 4.22 at a virtual pro day. Now, that's a pretty big um, drop. And, you know, vir- pro days are notorious for their times not being, you know, real on point because it's hand-timed and not laser-timed. He's probably closer to like a 4.3. Either way, the guy is an absolute burner, and he's a guy that, you know, after he gets the ball in his hands, it's not like he's just going to run, you know, nine routes all day. You're not going to run just, you know, Hail Marys with the guy. He can take a screen and then just turn it upfield for 60 yards. Um, I think he's a more complete receiver, and uh, I was really excited by the pick, even considering, you know, what happened with the C.D. Lamb thing. Mm. Yeah, that that did – that one was tough, but when you look at this too, you know if they're if they're building a team based on versatility here, Jalen Rager is a hell of a punt returner too. That he is. So it's good, and like you know, like we said, speed for days. Um, he was also co Big Twelve Freshman of the Year, and he led the Big Twelve in punt return yards last year, and he led the both the Big Twelve and the entire NCAA in punt return touchdowns last year as well, which was two. So not a ton, but he's still hey, – he led the, the NCAA in it. Um, also, interesting fact, he played high school football. His head coach was John Kitna. So yeah, father played in the NFL. John Kitna was the head coach. We got some definite good coaching here. I, I think a lot of people are scared off by his stats at TCU. They weren't great. But I think I heard someone that he caught passes from like 12 different quarterbacks or something like that in three years at TCU. Yeah, so I got mad um, when the Eagles made this pick, and then people were trashing it on social media. And what's funny about it is they cited a couple things. One, his counting stats. Um, And, you know, from fantasy football, I'll say one thing we have over non-fantasy football players is we understand context better 
and understand that it, it's not counting stats that you're really looking at. It's what they did in relation to the rest of the offense. Um, exactly. And he still dominated the target, uh, the, the market share there, receiving yards and touchdowns. Um, and he had, yes, just absolutely atrocious quarterback play. Um, 12 quarterback sounds about right, but every one of them was awful. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. He is not, so bad. not played with a, a really good quarterback yet. And he still produced. And again, you look at the, it's not counting stats. You're looking at, you got to look at it in the context of what did everyone else in that same offense do? Um, and he was dominant. Um, Ray GQ, a friend of ours, I think brought up the fact before that there were like four or five games that Rager didn't even see a target until the fourth quarter. Which is insane. Yeah. When he's obviously the only, he was the, the by far the best weapon on that roster, but their wide receiver play was just that bad. Um, and the other thing that really got me annoyed was when people were saying they should have drafted Jefferson. I don't even know who this guy is. If you don't know who he is, how are you even attempting to make an informed decision? Shut your mouth, go online, look him up. It's not that hard. Type in Jalen Rager, exactly. NFL profile. Look, you know, we I know these guys pretty in depth, but every time I go write an article, I make sure I bring up all of these websites to make sure to, that what I, you know, I think I remember is correct. That's all you have to do, Eagles fans. Look him up. Look up some tape. Um, look up his draft profile and you know what I, even if you don't like fantasy football just look at some of the contextual stuff that that's useful even for real football just look at what his his market share and his dominator rating and things like that were it's, in college and his it's a great age. point and all those things point to he's going to be a success in the nfl um like i said he's not a 4-2-2 because no human is except for john ross but he's probably a lot closer. To yeah, but that screw that guy. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing is he's not John Ross. John Ross is a one trick pony. Uh, exactly. That's not what this guy is. And I, you know, a lot of times when people hear speed, they think, all right, all he can do is, and all he's going to do is go deep. Um, that's not what they're going to do with him. He he is he has legitimate wide receiver one upside for this team. I, I agree with that. I like the pick. Obviously, I would have preferred C.D. Lamb. Yes. Also, dick move of the draft is not the Cowboys stealing C.D. Lamb from us. I can't blame them for taking him while he's there. The dick move of the draft is with the coronavirus going on, um, people are struggling to feed their families, um, eat and pay their bills, and Jerry Jones is drafting from his 250-foot yacht. Yeah. Well, he's like, an asshole. He's so, he is. I mean, and it's – it's funny. Um, it's easy to hate the Cowboys because they're Cowboys, right? But then they That's do things true. like, you know, they have Ezekiel Elliott as their starting running back. A, a, a woman beating, uh, goes in the club, punches guys in the face, drives around with guns, gets pulled over all the time, and just gets a pass all the time because he's a football player. Um, yep. He's a scumbag, you know. Uh, this is true. They have guys like Michael Irvin as their best wide receiver of all time. Guy's a cokehead. Um, you know? Did you see him on ESPN? He looked like a pimped out Apollo Creed, man. Always, always. I, just, I can't <laughs> even take him serious. Look, great wide receiver, severe Coke problem. Just, yep. you know, that's just their type of – and Jerry Jones is uh, just an out-of-touch, typical elite rich asshole. Um, yeah. You know, most of, most of the people that were drafting were drafting from their house, um, look, like they're, look like us, you know, in a garage podcasting. Um, and I, I guarantee you, most of them had enough sense to go, you know what, this is a bad look. Whereas Jerry Jones is just like, I don't care. I don't even think he understands what reality is. 
Guy's well, just a I would, jackass. I would agree, except uh, Cliff Kingsbury put on quite the spectacle with his house, though. No, Daddy. Daddy. Well, Cliff Kingsbury's a bling bling young, you know. Young you, you know what? You know what I don't like about Cliff Kingsbury? He looks like the type of guy that knows that your girl is married and he's going to try to sleep with her anyway. Well, look, <laughs> I've never been as good looking as somebody like Cliff Kingsbury. Um, and if I were, maybe I would be that type of dude too. Um, we don't know. We can't judge, you know? It's got to be hard to True. be that good looking. Um, I wouldn't know. Yeah, him and Sean McVay, just beautiful, beautiful men. But, you know, just back to Jerry Jones being an asshole. Um, I mean, just remember how he treated Tom Landry when he got there. And, you know, I'm not a cowboy Yeah, fan. good point. Um, but Tom Landry was a goddamn legend. And he got down there and he's like, yeah, get the fuck out and you don't exist to us anymore. Bye. Well, and look at how he treated Jimmy Johnson, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that was just, I want to show everyone I'm smart. And that, you know, I'm the one that built this team. All right, fine. But that was Jimmy Johnson that even after those Super Bowls that he won, the ones that Barry Switzer won, those were Jimmy Johnson's. Jimmy Johnson built those teams through that Herschel Walker trade, among other things. Um, I I hated Jimmy Johnson, but I give him his due there. And, yeah, I think the general um, thing that I'm trying to say is that Jerry Jones is a scumbag and most of the Cowboys are uh, uh, awful people. And the point I've been making on this podcast, and I agree with you, is the time to strike for the Eagles is now. On paper, I think the Cowboys, on paper, have the most talented team in the division. They still got to play. They got a new head coach. They have no offseason. The Redskins have the new head coach. They're the Redskins. And the Giants have a new head coach. So right now, we have the continuity going for us. And that's what should give us the division. But then you do shit like round two, and that's what this is why the Eagles are so pissed off, us fans, because we realize that the time to strike is now, and you do shit like this. We don't want to be a quarterback factory. We want them to have to make Lombardi trophies for Philadelphia every year. That's what we want. I don't give a fuck if we produce a lot of quarterbacks. I want Super Bowls. You know what's scary is the Eagles offense is at best – the third best offense in the the conference. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about it that the Cowboys with the addition of freaking CD lamb, Jesus Christ, they're second and third receivers. Um, I I, I can't even get it. It just hurts. But yeah, the addition of CD lamb to that roster, just, I I don't know how you stop them on paper. And obviously things play out differently on the football field. Um, Because I thought the same thing about that Cleveland Browns offense when they added Odell Beckham Jr. And we saw one way to stop him is a bad offensive line. Um, And it looked like the Cowboys were trending that way. And this is the other thing that fucking destroyed me is we traded them our third round pick so they could draft a center to replace Fredericks. Who's going to? They tra- they traded them the pick where the Cowboys drafted their new starting center. Are you sure that was the third? I thought that was like the fifth round we did that. Um, I can look it up, but I'm almost a hundred percent sure that it was either you, the third or the you fourth. could be right. Wait, actually, it is. It was the fourth round. We we took Jack Driscoll, offensive lineman from Auburn, and then with the next pick, it says Dallas from Philadelphia center yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Biot, I don't know how to say his fucking last name. He's some hick from Green Bay anyway. I don't um, know, but he's going to be their starting center. Um, so you yeah. could have at least hurt them that way, and you didn't. But, True. yeah, that offense is stacked. And then you look at even the Giants. I mean, uh, Darius Slayton looked really good. Golden Tate is a very good slot receiver. Sterling Shepard when he he's actually on the field. Evan Ingram when he's on the field. And then they have Saquon Barkley. 
I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's going to be tough. Um, the one thing that gives me hope is I'm hoping that this defensive line really gets after it. And there's still time to trade for Yannick and Jacque because I don't think he moved unless I missed it. No, he did not. Um, okay. I wish the Eagles would have traded their second this year for him at this point. Oh. Now. Well, now it looks like it would have been a great freaking move, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, looking at their defensive line, it really should be a really good line. I mean, you've got Fletcher Cox, Hargraves, and uh, Malik Jackson. Um, wow. You know, yeah. that's what I thought last year when they added Malik Jackson, and then he broke his foot. Yeah, um, that was tough. But to add Hargraves to that, that that oh my goodness, that defensive line is going to be sickening. You can put, you know, Fletcher Cox on the end, too, like they like to do. But yeah. now, instead of, you know, having undersized guys, you know, in the middle when Cox is on the end, you have Hargraves and Malik Jackson. Um, and I, I, I don't even care who's coming from the other side. They, they could be a very good defensive line. And the thing is, they're going to have to be because Darius Slay can't cover three Cowboy receivers. <laughs> this is true. He cannot. So we need to have uh, Dak Prescott on his ass. And I, you know, as much as we hate the Cowboys, condolences to Prescott and his family. Uh, Dak Prescott's older brother um, passed yeah, away on draft weekend. I don't know what it was. They did. They wouldn't release it. They. I did see that it was not from the coronavirus, but he's only thirty-one. Yeah, um, that's that's a shame. And you know, I was uh, saying how all Cowboys are t- terrible people. I actually like Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I want to like Dak Prescott, but then he has to go and be the Cowboys' quarterback. There's that. So I you know can't. What I mean, but, <laughs> look, the Eagles could have had him. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I, I trust me. I'd rather have one. This is and, true. And if you gave him one stop, the here. weapons that Dak has, oh my goodness! But you know, he's a kid that you know he 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 got an opportunity. He was a later draft pick. Got an opportunity and ran away with it. He seems humble. Seems like a, a good dude. If he was any other on any other roster, I'd root for him pretty hard. Um, and uh, yeah. C.D. Lamb, uh, real quick, uh, snatched his girl's his phone out of his girl's <laughs> hand, man. He was like, uh-uh, you are not seeing who's texting me there. That is my other girlfriend. That's my side piece phone. Uh, quick note on uh, Dak Prescott. Here's one reason to lose all respect for Jerry Jones. Um, when uh, he was drafted and then started playing because Tony Romo got hurt. I think he had a slight back fracture or something like that. Uh, Tony Romo was there for Dak Prescott's rookie year. I remember seeing on ESPN before game day, uh, they were talking about Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones was like, oh, we knew he had the rookie of the year. Bullshit. You're yeah. taking a flyer on a guy in the fourth round. You were hoping that Tony Romo would win it for you. And that being said, towards the end of the year last year, when the Cowboys could have beaten us in week 16, I think it was. Yeah. To win the division, is it just me or did that Cowboys team look like a team that had just given up? Oh, they they did not want to play under Jason Garrett no. anymore. Like, you know, it's hard to quantify things like that, but you see it, you know, and it matters. Exactly, It's definitely something that matters when a team has tuned out their head coach and they just do not care um, because there's no reason the Eagles should have beat the Cowboys last year with the – weapons i guess i'll call greg it weapons. Ward. yeah greg Ward <laughs> leading the way i mean there's just no way that the eagles should have beaten them and i think that team was just completely tuned out and there is that i don't have a lot of faith in mike mccarthy as a, as oh, a great head coach as agreed. a motivator of men um so there is always the chance that he just screws the whole situation up but man it seems like it'd be really hard right and, and then they drafted a cornerback early that's going to repay, replace Byron Jones. So, 
man, that's going to be a tough team. But, you know, this is why they play the games because on paper, a lot of teams look like they are, they are, you know, unbeatable. But that's, again, that's why they play the games. It's true. And I will say this for Doug Peterson, you want to talk about a guy. I don't know how this guy does it, how he motivates his team, um, but they're, it's like they're always in it. And he's, I look, I'm sure you thought the same thing when Peterson got hired. Great. Andy Reid disciple. Here we go again. But he adapts really well to the guys that he has and in the game. Whereas like until now, Andy Reid with the Chiefs, again, I guess congratulations for winning the Super Bowl. I don't really care because I'm an Eagles fan, not a Chiefs fan. Um, And no, everyone, I do not have to cheer for the Chiefs or I did not have to cheer for the Chiefs because Andy Reid's their head coach. Just to clarify that. Um, He seemed to have a problem adapting Mm -hmm. in the games. Whereas Doug Peterson doesn't you know he he goes with what works man if we're running the ball good like that buffalo game last year he he just stuffed mild sanders down their throat all game yeah they didn't see that coming so i am it's interesting i'm not gonna lie when they hired peterson i was like oh no like in my opinion of him was colored by him as a quarterback here you know, it, it, I don't, you know, your mind does certain things. Your mind does. Goes, yeah. He was an, he was a below average, just, you know, nothing special at all about him as a quarterback. I can't imagine he's going to be a good coach. He didn't call plays, you know, or if he called plays, they, it was only here and there. And I don't think he's going to be very innovative. And uh, this is just going too far the other way from Chip Kelly. Well, you know, I'll give Lori and Roseman all the kudos in the world. It ended up being the absolute perfect hire especially yeah. after Chip Kelly. And you talk oh, about a yeah. team that checked out. We see, we saw what a team looks like when it checked out and <laughs> uh, you know, players. And I, you know, I hate doing rah-rah stuff cause I'm more of a, you know, like skills and, you know, analytical stuff matters, but it does matter. It does because he took a lot of the same players that Kelly had and he, you know, he made them better. Um, he was more innovative and why would you want to play for a guy like Chip Kelly? Just for example, when, you know, he didn't have any of his players backs and he did things like, you know, shady, who was the greatest running back in the Eagles franchise history, um, which is saying something after, you know, Brian Westbrook, Wilbert Montgomery, Deuce Staley, we've had some really good running backs here and to just ship him off and to cut Deshaun Jackson and just to gut that team the way he did because he wanted to make it his roster. Um, you know, players in the, the locker room see things like that. Like, wow, Deshaun Jackson was a vet here. Shady was a vet here. These were guys that were like all-time Eagles. And for them, for him just to say they don't matter, get them out of here is right. just, uh, you know, I won't want to play for him either. No, I agree. And I will say this. I think um, Doug Peterson turned out to be everything that Chip Kelly was supposed to be. Yeah. So, um just kind of interesting emotional intelligence i remember seeing that phrase from jeffrey laurie and i said what in the absolute fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) no i i completely agree yeah um well shane you know what that i think that's gonna wrap it up for um for you know rounds one through three today but before we head out did you have anything else that you wanted to add no man i just it's like you said if we can take that Jalen Hurts pick out of the draft, which I know is a, lot, a big ask. You know what I mean? You know what? Even you can't do it. You just can't. So let's not even pretend in that, that we're in a world where you can. But look at the Eagles draft on a whole. You'd have to give them a C plus. Yeah, um, I, I they, agree with that assessment. 
only reason it's that low is because of the Hertz pick. Like the Hertz pick for me drops them at least a half a grade. Um, they're looking right. at, you know, you're looking at a, a draft that could have been a B minus or a B plus. Um, yeah, the Hertz one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If Wentz can't stay healthy over the next two years and Hertz ends up taking over as the starting quarterback in, you know, 2022 and, you know, then I'll say, all right, this is why they're smarter than me. Just like when the Eagles drafted, you know, multiple cornerbacks when they had uh, Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent back there and they drafted Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. And I said, what the fuck are you doing? Um, well, they held it down for the next, you know, six years. Um, that's not what I want to happen. You know, what I want to happen is they end up trading Hertz in two years for a first round pick and we all laugh about it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> be great. <laughs> but I'll say it's a B minus. And, you know, look, games are played on the field, not on paper. So don't get, be too concerned. Dallas isn't going to keep C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper for the next decade. It's not possible. So right. as bad as it looks right now, I, I hate to be the, the sunshine guy, but it's not going to be as bad as it looks. I agree. So, um, Shane, thanks again for coming on, our first ever guest on the Back Row Eagles show. I almost said the Dynasty Rewind because that's what I'm so used to saying. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, Shane, if they wanted to check out your work, uh, tell us again where we could find all the stuff that you do. Yeah, well, so I contribute to, what did I call that place? Fantasy Pros. Um, write, write articles for them. Podcast, uh, Dynasty Trades HQ. If you happen to be on Twitter, you can check me out. I'm at Shane is the worst. Um, and then, yeah, we have a patron page for our podcast where, you know, I just actually released a two round super flex rookie mock draft um, that I did amongst myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we drop bonus podcast episodes every week, uncensored shows, you know, written content. So check that out. I mean, or just check out the show, too, and then you'll find out why you should become a patron. And um, yeah, man, really stoked that I got to talk to you. Stoked that I got to be your first guest. It's really um I hate using the word honor, but you know, that's what it is, man. Um, well, thank you, Shane. I appreciate that. No, thank you for having me on my friend. Absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. I think I could speak for all our listeners when I say that all 20 of you or however many downloads I get right now, but Hey, still early in the process. So, um, Shane, thank you again. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Well, that's going to wrap it up. For us this week on the Back Row Eagles show, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, I want to say a big thank you again to our very first ever guest, Shane Manila. Um, again, make sure you check out Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, him and the guys over there are fantastic. The articles that Shane writes are also fantastic. I'm usually not an advocate for spending money, but I will tell you that the Patreon account is definitely worth it. Um, they have some great merch as well, so check them out. If you want to check me out on Twitter, you can find me. At the Embauer 85, if you want to check out my fantasy football show, you can check out the Dynasty Rewind. We are on all major uh, podcast platforms. You can also follow us at Dynasty Rewind on Twitter. Follow this show at Backrow Birds. And until next week, everybody, just remember, you know, hey, life's short. Enjoy good football. No one likes us. We don't care. Thanks again, everyone. <laughs>